0: a lot of ways, Ryan Graves is fortunate to be in Pittsburgh, and not just because he's a Nova Scotia lad who doesn't have to worry about being the most popular Nova Scotia lad in the locker room. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the same place that you found this Penguins took care of business Saturday night, shutting out the Sabres 4-0 at PPG Paints Arena. I was there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports tomorrow night. They'll be playing the Blue Jackets out in Columbus. I'll be heading out there to cover that as well as the team looks for its fifth win in a row, having bounced all the way back from 3-6 to now be 7-6. And... Hidden within that and within some appropriate excitement about some individuals, about some collective components to the way this team's played, has been that one of their bigger signings of the offseason, although he was not treated as such, has performed pretty well lately. That's Ryan Graves. And I've been paying, I'm not even sure why, but I've been paying special attention to him, I'd say over the last couple of games, but in particular, Saturday night against Buffalo. There were some things that he did that night that I hadn't seen from him earlier in the season, a real sturdiness. About him. And when I say that, I'm not talking about reliability. I'm talking about actual sturdiness, meaning people were trying to knock him down and they instead went down. I don't want to overhype him. He's not the, the most physically imposing player in the NHL. Even though he's got great height, there's some wiriness to his frame not as much as say, you know, Marcus Peterson or PO Joseph, but there's some. But he has this thing about him where when he's really on and when he's really committed in particular to defending people will kind of just roll off of him. And I saw one example this was early in the third period where it was a 50-50 puck near the Pittsburgh blue line. Whoever got to it first was going to establish some kind of significant possession because the Sabres were in a spot where they could have gone into the Pittsburgh zone and, and wore the Penguins down for a bit. And The Penguins were holding a thin lead. And not only did he get there, and I apologize, I do not remember the name of the Buffalo player, but the Buffalo player just did this like, and the name was off of him. And the puck was heading back in the other direction. Later on, same period, much more impressive. He went from defending the front of the net to behind the net. And there was a puck there that was, again, it was kind of a 50-50. And whoever was going to get it was going to create a significant period of possession. Just from where it was and where everybody else was time on a clock score and all that other stuff. Right. And he goes back there and just kind of sets himself like plants himself, like a, like an oversized tripod. And there they came. And I asked him about this after the game here. Is that the Ryan Graves game? Yeah, I think that. You follow me. Yeah, I mean, my game, I think, is comes from our blue, our blue paint out, and I uh, try to be mm-hmm. strong in there. And uh, you want to defend um, close to your net. The hurt, you want to defend, you want to be hard on pucks, and you want to be. You, you don't want guys to feel comfortable coming in there. So um, you want to have you know, a good stick. You want to be physical, and then when you get the puck in there, you want to have patience, and you want to be able to make good <laughs> out with passes, and uh, kind of transition from there. That's interesting. I I had not heard him say anything like that. we, We talk quite a bit about the defending from the blue paint out. You'll hear a lot of defensemen describe themselves as defending from the back out, meaning they defend first and then try to create offense. I don't know that I've ever heard someone say I'm... Defending from the blue paint out or I my game begins in the blue paint and then it works its way out. But that's how he thinks of himself and that's how that looks. If you're someone, whether you're a forward or a defenseman, meaning a forward at the other team's blue paint or a defenseman at your own. Sturdiness. Being strong on the skates. Being able to steal yourself as people are coming in. And that's steal. S-T-E-E-L. That's... Enormously important. I did not know when this kid was playing for the Devils that he had this because you don't you know you don't see him very often. But seeing him have that now here in Pittsburgh when you when you get to pay attention every day, uh, you know, in my case, not just games but practices, you learn more and more about them. I asked Mike Sullivan over the weekend as well, just what he's seen engraves his game and whether he thought it was getting better. Yeah, I think it is. I think he's getting better and better. I think he's getting more familiar with how we're trying to play. Uh, You know, he has great size. As you know, he's got a long reach. He's hard to play against. He just takes up an awful lot of space out there. And so his wingspan is, uh, I think, is is effective for him. And he uses his stick really well for a guy that's as big as he is. He's a fairly mobile guy. Um, And so I just think he's getting more familiar with our team game and how we're trying to play. He's building some chemistry with Tanger, and that's helping him. Uh, And so we're hoping that he can continue to to build his game and gain traction uh, as he gets more familiar with our team game. Last thing I'll leave you with here, we are all singing the praises of Eric Carlson. Uh, and I, I really hope, by the way, you have a chance to get to our website and read the column that I wrote about Carlson over the weekend. Uh, pretty proud of it. I, I Actually, it went really, really well from the interview and information standpoint. Uh, and, and, and Chris Letang, there's equal praise to be had for Letang. He's not going to put up the numbers that Carlson does. Nobody does. But as Letang has said himself, we're very different defensemen. They've both been in equally good to date. Well, when you're talking about Letang, let's give some credit to the chemistry that's developed between Letang and Graves, the respect that Graves has shown for Letang and modeling what he has to do to an extent off of Letang that's, this is all a really big plus for this team, you guys. I know it's kind of below the surface here, but you needed not two mega star defensemen. You, because they're both right handed, you always needed the other two guys, their partners, Graves and Marcus Pedersen, to be right there with them, or the thing wasn't going to work. When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Jake, who says, DK, the Penguins are giving up way too many high-danger scoring chances. Is this something that the players just have to wake up and get back on defense, or or is it a systematic problem? And and Jake, you know, even amid a four-game winning streak, you're right. Even amid shutouts in which Tristan Jari wasn't really, really tested, the other night against Buffalo, I thought, except for like one quality flurry that the Sabres had, you're right. There are too many high danger chances, mathematically. I want to run something past you. I'm going to kind of hijack your question for my own selfish purposes. If you're familiar with uh, the website Natural Stat it's an independent, 100% data-driven site. There's nothing... Uh, remotely subjective about the information that's there, meaning they're not looking at, let's say, for example, if a goaltender is facing Connor Bedard from 40 or 50 feet away, they're not saying to themselves, ooh, high danger chance. No, high danger chance means, plain and simple, where was the puck on the rink when it was shot? That's it. So if the shot happens to be from 7 feet away but it's this harmless little nothing burger that ends up being, you know, gloved very easily by the goaltender, it still goes down as a high danger chance whereas if you've got Alexander Ovechkin pumping him from the left dot on the power play, that is really a high danger chance like your life is in danger and it still doesn't go down as one. So I've looked at those stats on occasion and said, oh, man, this is way off. And Saturday night, for whatever reason, and again, I'm not criticizing anyone because there isn't even a human involved. All of the data strongly suggested that that was a very, very, very evenly played game between the Penguins and Sabres in terms of overall shot volume, shot attempts, possession time. Everything, high danger chances, favored Buffalo. Okay, listen, I, I know I can I can feel you shaking your head right now, all of you, because you watched the same game I did, and that wasn't the case. Not just because the penguins had scored a couple of goals and were protecting a lead, but just because that actually wasn't the case. So be mindful that the terminology that gets used whether it's in formal advanced analytics or whether it's just in casual conversation, doesn't always mean what it implies. The Penguins most assuredly outplayed the Sabres in every conceivable way Saturday night. I thought the Sabres, to be honest with you, looked gassed, and that would make sense since the night before they'd played a pretty tough game against the Wild and barely squeaked it out, but it was a win for them back in Buffalo, 3-2. And they come to Pittsburgh, and you know there's no morning skate, there's no nothing. Next thing you know, they're out there for warmups, and those things tend to not go very well for most teams, and they didn't for Buffalo. You would see them get through the neutral zone; they they did that pretty well. Uh, guys like Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner, the guys you would expect to be able to to handle the puck that way and move their legs, but then they'd get into the Pittsburgh zone, and there was nothing. They had nothing. If you want to go ahead and credit everybody that I was just mentioning in the opening segment for that, go nuts. But I saw a team that looked like it had nothing, and yet I looked at the data, and it was, whoa, this must have been a heck of a game. And it wasn't. It it definitely wasn't. So I just want to throw that out there. I agree with you that the Penguins can be better in this area, but let's also be mindful that the NHL, more than any of North America's four major professional sports leagues absolutely sucks when it comes to stats and the data and the information that's available that's beginning to change it's got a long way to go i appreciate the question i appreciate everybody listening to daily shot of penguins we're going to do another one of these tomorrow from columbus ohio